Hello, hello, and welcome to Teachers at a Crossroads. This is a podcast where teachers and educators inspire each other. They share stories, ideas, experiences about their lives, about moving away from that very, very stuck feeling of the crossroads. Tune in and be inspired. Welcome. My name's Kathy, and I'm your host. So welcome, Robert. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here this morning. Brilliant. I know your internet, because you live in the middle of nowhere, is a little bit dicey at times. We'll work (laughs) with that and we'll work around it. All right. So, um, Robert, you began life in some quite challenging circumstances, but found yourself teaching SEM after you started as a landscape gardener, I believe. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. So uh, during the mid 90s, um, I was working as a landscape. I was self-employed and I got involved with a local school. They wanted me to do a sense garden, you know, so different herbs, you know, smelly plants and different textures and so on uh, for some of their kids. And I was really captivated by the whole kind of SEN process and so on. And I had qualified as a teacher as well. And anyway, um, I got involved in SEN slowly but surely from about 2002. That was so, so you know, a good 20 years now. Yeah. Um, I moved from standard SEN um, into working with young people who had very, very difficult backgrounds, very, very challenging needs. Right. So not just on the ADHD spectrum or the ADD, it was your kid, kids who were involved in gangs and so on. Kids who were having problems in foster care, kids who had right. found their family in, in in the sort of criminal fraternity. And I was educating them in a private company. It was a, it was a school. We were offering um, yep. you know, the full national curriculum, but it was also a social remedial work. You know, oftentimes you would get them coming to school with knives and guns and drugs oh and you know, it, it, it was. Is this in, yeah, this is in yeah, the UK very, or this is this is in US? This is, this is in North London. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Okay. Where they basically uh, have postcode wars they call it I don't know whether that's right. still the term because I'm living in rural Ireland so I'm quite a long way away and this took over eventually to New York and you're working with New York it did indeed yeah yeah I had an opportunity in in New York to work in well I ended up working in Brownsville Brooklyn which is the murder capital of NYC and um, I kind of got involved with gangs there which was a very very different creature to the sort of London setup and right. you know I noticed that the, 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 the sort of London gang scene you know the road men they call it you know, if you've ever listened to drill music you 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 will get an idea of right. the, you know, the beefs that they have and so on um probably it's not my cup of tea the music <laughs> <laughs> so, so i did that for a while and it was very eye-opening and i came back to london and um you know i carried on things were getting very uh politically correct in the sense that i felt that staff were being jeopardized or we were put into a situation because said because there'd been a couple of hostages situations you know angry young people that wanted something and felt that they could get it through violent means and 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 we'd been trained in restraint and all that kind of thing you know it's being the halfway house between mainstream education and prison you 
know, that's that, that essentially. Wow. Well. Okay. Your work was kind of a stopgap to hopefully think that education might just help them yeah. begin to break yeah. free of that background. Yeah. yeah. I had no problem whatsoever with the with, with the young people. I could totally empathise with mm. you know how they ended up, where they ended up, why mm. they were con- continuing to live that lifestyle. I mean, I could really empathise with it, and I didn't have yeah. a problem. And I actually quite liked them, and I always believed in my heart of hearts if they could turn their kind of business into a legal means then they would do fairly well you know it's, right, um, but it's you persuading know, it's, um, them persuading them that that it, that it was that it was equally cool and trendy to kind of go to university and right. or, or to set up a set up your own business or uh, right. rather than do it through sort of violent so, crime and robbery and so on. exactly mm. so so tell me because i'm i'm aware that throughout all this somehow you got you got into saddlery which is such a diversion from sen work yeah remedial this disaffected and disenfranchised kids and then suddenly you're you're learning to make saddles okay well the build-up was that during the 2000s i was also involved in reenact and i was a history teacher um, oh right primarily. Okay. and this was a kind of weekend thing and the irony being aside from working with young criminals involved in knife crime i was also a kind of a stage combat gladiator so i <laughs> deal with knife crime during the week and then go and go and play swords on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> I basically travelled the country I ended up working independently as well as with groups and we would work for English Heritage and the National Trust and you know, museums and events and work for the British Museum um, we did a, the Olympic thing for, for the Museum of London we had people making videos I was giving, giving talks and um, one of the sort of weird highlights was I was working at a museum in London during the uh, London riots and I'd gone to the museum dressed in my full armour and kit and sword <laughs> and dagger and shield and everything. I was wearing the stuff because it takes so long to get changed into it, you know, and I thought, yeah. right, it's, it's going to be an early start. I'll just drive in full armour. And so I walked from the car park, in you know, the multi-storey car park down to the museum oh and um, then we got a warning that, you know, that this this riot was heading to North London and it was kick off in the local town and we had to evacuate and I had to... I had to flee in, uh, dressed in full armor and kit and everything with a shield a helmet <laughs> ready for war essentially and, uh, uh, you know dash to my to my Almira and uh, drive off <laughs> this, this armored knight in a, in a yeah which Mera. would have been sort of perfect I, you, you know I could have could, could have quite easily fitted into the right police or whatever albeit 2000 years you know different in our kit but so um, so and I ended up working in saddlery because it was a combination of wanting to leave working with young offenders because I felt that her hands were being tied in terms of the sort of work politics and everything. Mm-hmm. I was making costumes as well. This this is how I got into the leather work. And I was making costumes, not, not only for other um, reenactors, but for museums as well. And right. I you know, made various costume pieces for, for displays. Anyway, I got into horses and I'd always been interested in, in animals anyway. I'd always had cats and dogs and so on. And I, and I'd ridden horses at various points. So I got into the saddlery and I ended up winning the uh, vocational bursaries for the second year oh, wow. um, on that course 
who ended up mentoring the first years alongside their main teacher. So, so yeah, again, even though I tried to kind of cha- change my life and get out of teaching at that point, <laughs> I ended up back in teaching <laughs> as a student. Can't escape, you know. So I ended up obviously I qualified as a as a saddler, and I came to Ireland after that. You know, London was getting very expensive. And I thought, right, I'm finally going to get out of teaching, and I'm going to do something different. I landed in Dublin, and I got a job as a as an SEN assistant. <laughs> back again. <laughs> Which was okay. Yeah, I was I, I was I was assigned two children uh, for for those terms, basically right. maternity cover initially, and I was working with this uh, deaf girl, so we were doing the lip reading, and oh, really? um, I had a kid autism as well, Asperger's, and he was lovely, you know. And um, yeah. then I finally left Dublin. I went to County Clare, started working on farms, hadn't worked horses by by this point. Um, so I started learning about cattle and sheep and driving tractors, which you know for someone coming from London, um, I think I did, <laughs> right. did quite well. You know. Then I finally got an opportunity in in Kildare to work at a stable yard, and I was working with ninety horses, myself and four wow. other people were right. working with ninety show jump horses, and I loved it. You know, it was very very yeah. good. The reason I left that is that the that the owner basically wanted to build the business up, which yeah. meant long hours. And I just oh, you know I can't I can't do this. I can't commit all this time. You know, seven days a week. I can't commit it. Then I got a job at a charity, so I moved them to the middle of Ireland, right, and right. I got involved in rescue, and I and I requalified as a as a rehabilitator. Um, right. And I'd done all the equine studies during the course as well, so 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 I had a fair idea about equine psychology. And I did a course on wildlife rehab, and I became a rescue, and that's what I do here now as well. I've got right. animals here temporarily, so I can basically do sort of triage nursing for you know right. rescues for the stuff. animals for the animals. Is that a, is that yeah. a better option than the people? <laughs> I mean, they That's are hard. difficult animals. I mean, the irony is that I always end up working with rescues of some kind, be it be it people or or animals. Yes. Yeah, the psychology of horses and, and yeah. uh, donkeys, you know, they're building up their trust again. Yeah. There are animals that have been kept in dreadful situations. Yes. Yes. You know, um, they need farriery, they need their hooves treated, and yeah. and also the just the psychological impact of yeah. what they've been through. You know, yeah, um, exactly. exactly. It takes a lot of trust building. It's not an overnight process my own dog Cara she's a she's a therapy dog I trained her right. in therapy and she because I'm literally I'm just so so busy all the time and you I know bet, when I do I travel can, I can imagine because busy is just quite actually an understatement for you because you yeah. also ended up in Africa eventually yeah. in Kenya where you met your wife and now you run yeah. a charity with your wife yeah. so can you do, tell us yeah. a little bit about that a few years ago um they said that I would uh, go, go go to Africa I want to do, do something life-changing I'm never one to go on holiday for the sake of sitting next to a horse just find it very boring so I thought that I'd go to Kenya for well for various reasons and I ended up volunteering volunteering in the slums uh, uh, as an educator in right. what was a kind of very very small mobile library it was literally a box of books and we'd take it into the slum and the kids recognized the various people that were involved in running this project people from different cbo's and a cbo is a, a community-based organization and there, there are right. many of them that operate in in the 
slums in Kisumu and they all serve a different purpose so you know you have the ones that deal with um, you know counselling and then you've got right. um, the ones that uh, women um, teenagers you know whichever thing that, that, that it is that, they, yeah. that they're dealing with so I ended up um, doing literacy to begin with right, okay. um, they kind of said to me oh what else do you do or in or in conversation it like it came up that I'd been involved in animal welfare and I and I worked on building sites during the summers um, you right know, okay um, I've worked on boats I've done all kinds of different jobs you know I love sort of turning my hand and learning new yep. things um, so I ended up working on house building and reno- renovations of houses that were, that were falling down obviously you know with a very very limited budget they can't afford to build yes amazing new houses for uh, people I have I have sub- subsequently I've raised money to build safe houses for people right. who need to escape there are many consequences of poverty and abuse and addiction yes. consequences of living in abject poverty you can't yep. really escape so something that we do is we help you know women and kids who are right. in those situations we help right. kind of get out um and we work with other cbos in terms of counseling so yeah young people men sometimes women who are addicted to glue or bang mm-hmm. or yeah. um there's a there's a high proof alcohol called changa which is made of uh, uh, it, it's sugar molasses and 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 embalming fluid of all things it's oh a very very high strength oh my yeah, love your insides out yeah it tastes, it tastes like super strong vodka and burnt 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 rubber if you can imagine oh the lovely yeah, yeah, <laughs> i must have ordered some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really a christmas tipple or anything um, <laughs> right <laughs> but i suppose you know that, that they make it for very very cheap and it's a way to escape but obviously you know with yeah. that you know it, it brings anger and yeah, rage yeah. and they take it out on their nearest and dearest your wife does a lot of the work with the women in terms of helping yeah. them to once they've escaped bad relationships to try and uh, find what they can do in an entrepreneurial way so yeah, I think exactly she, she does so, some of the work there well you yeah, work still with literacy I know you work with the whole gambit but you also yeah. work with literacy because you've written children's books that you take out there with you okay well the children's books are based on my dog Kara and, the, okay. and they're on Amazon I really, I'm actually rewriting them right now um, right. for the ESL market so right. okay. um, they did sell well at the at, at the time and I got them into all Irish libraries so they're very available I mean the fact is that it's a it's a sort of hibernocentric story it's all about my dog in Ireland so I'm rewriting them for a wider audience with an ESL slant so you know exercises right. yes. uh, at their peak they were very very popular they were selling like hotcakes and I was and, and at, at the time I was I was donating sales um to animal charities here as well right. you know I mean the story being about a dog and I was also involved in literacy projects here in Ireland it's this thing called okay. the summer summer stars which is really encourages children they win prizes for reading as many books during the summer holidays as possible you know they win right. sort of okay. Rugs, so. okay yeah 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 uh, and October here as well as children's book month so uh, what was it 2017 2018 I was, I was involved in that uh, right in that and then um obviously covid everything you take the books out to africa or you i know you've just started oh, a project now for crowdfunding because you want to try and raise funds and things to go over to kenya for the kids and the families who are it's in literally the fun for, project. yeah literally for christmas it is literally about christmas you know okay. we've got how many weeks have we got six weeks to go Not many. i'm looking to raise a few thousand um you know and you know i, I always try and aim for 50 families but if i can do more then obviously right. yes I would, so what are the I requirements what are the main requirements 
requirements. Requirements were not like turkey. They don't want a turkey roast because obviously life oh. is very different out there and that's not something is part of their culture. So what yeah. kind of things are you asking for? Are you looking to purchase? Well, I'm looking to purchase things like flour, basic right. basic vegetables, you know, uh, rice, dry, dried peas, um, okay. you know, they, all the sort of basic things that they can they can make their own meals out of. And for some some families, we purchase uh, cooking utensils. So it can be pots, pans, charcoal, right. G-code, um, you know, so that they can actually cook. I mean, it's very, very bad. Yeah. Um, we also do a, do, do a volunteer program that's that's kicking off again in 2023. We've, right. we, we um, put it on the back burner for the last few years because not only because of the COVID, but the elections made Ken- Kenya a very volatile place. Right, um, okay. The dust is settling now, you know, right. and uh, it's 2023. And we host people in our family home, my wife and kids. And okay, so what would, a, what would a volunteer, would it be somebody, say, for example, a younger person coming older, doesn't matter what age, you would just need to be re- ha- happy to rough it for a while? Well, they don't have to rough it, you know, we've right. got a, um, I've got a house there, I've got a family home, I don't, right, okay. we don't live oh. in the slum now. I'm, yeah, I mean, my wife was living in the slum, it's not a grand house, um, but we do live in a live in a compound. I mean, that was a decision that we took this year because of the election and the violence and so on, you know, it's, and it did make make life there a bit volatile. Um, so we do host people in our in our house. We've got a spare room. We've had. It means that you live with an African fa- a Kenyan family um, and me. Obviously, I'm right. not Kenyan. African food, home cooked food, and opportunities to work in the and meet real people. And that could be yeah. in education or sanitation or building right. or counselling. Or we can introduce you to other CBOs who right. um, you know do, do do other types of work. But our our focus would be working with women and kids. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and you'll you'll be so you'll be looking for those volunteers next year to be coming out, maybe and yeah. joining you guys next year sometime. Yeah, we're going to get Christmas out out of the way first. Yeah. Yeah. So you you've know. got two things happening here. You obviously your your incredible background, and I said I think in yeah. one of the other ones you're quite a character. You certainly are. But I think <laughs> you know you've come all the way back to education, but within a, a context that clearly yeah. has captured your heart of the young children yeah. and the families in the slums of Kenya. So. So you've got the crowdfunding, just try and raise some funds for them for Christmas so they can get good crisp yeah. meals or whatever it is they need for yeah. family family meals at that period, for that period. Yeah. Then we're also maybe thinking about volunteers who might like to come out and join you mm-hmm. for a specified yeah. period of time or just... It's up to them. It can be, right. a, it can be a week, it can be two weeks. Um, right. You know, um, obviously I do ask for a fee for that, but the fee it, um, goes, it goes into the project. I mean... Right. It, you know, I'm not about making money. I don't drive a big fast car. I right. live in a house here that's got no heating. I mean, yeah, I can see you know, we house. don't live lives. It all really goes back into the slum right. hotel. And I'd say for people that that, that would like to <clears throat> come to Kenya, I mean, it, it isn't something, you know, ordinary people couldn't just walk into a slum. Yes. You need kind of intro- introduction into right. it. But, you know, once once you get known, there are some, you meet some wonderful people. And, right. you know, I mean, one of the things that shocked me when I first went there and to this day I've never really gotten over it it's 
it's the smiles on the faces you know yeah. and you think how can anybody be smiling um yeah. with all this going you know yeah. And, yeah. and the sort of friendliness of such warm people warm friendly right. people and you're right. away you know, volunteers we've had before they and they and they leave and the feedback we get is you know it's so good they're, they're talking right. about once in a life opportunity and having seen a different thing a lot of people come back with reverse culture shock they kind of right. you know they're suddenly very very grateful for the western lifestyle and yeah and so on you know? yeah um we also give references you know for people we've had young people that want to go to they're doing a year we've had people looking for um new new job opportunities in right. the social work industry and we've had a couple of teachers in the in yeah in the past and our references really really boost right. a resume or cv yes. you know if you can say yeah. that you've done this yeah excellent excellent well, it sounds like a really really great opportunity and yeah. um yeah so so for the, for you the future is half and half really a bit in ireland and um a bit in 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 kenya and your wife is still in yeah kenya. that's the way it's got to be for the time being I mean, yeah, yeah just to, know, just just to fulfill our responsibilities that's that's the way it has to be but you know yes. yeah yes. yeah yes, yes. Yeah. gosh so i'm i'm just the final thing so the future for you is to continue with the project the kenyan project and um, county clare i will be with the i will be with the projects uh both both of these projects yeah i'm also coaching teachers as well obviously i'm 20 years in education right. i do do um ESL online myself um right, okay i'm very very good at getting students and so on and i also help teachers you know if they're, they're a bit stuck and a bit lost in their okay um progress you know if anyone w- would like to have a to have a chat with me i um i do that to fund uh raise money as well so okay you know, okay all right very interesting okay you're very very multifaceted okay so you're still working and supporting teachers by coaching and helping them get themselves yeah. online and or whatever you're working in yeah. the kenyan project with your wife uh-huh. you're working in the animal rescue in ireland <laughs> you are yeah. an extremely busy man i think we're very privileged to have <laughs> and have caught you and tracked you down thank so, you so much yeah it's, it's a it's a it's, it's a pleasure to talk sorry i was sort of, sort of dressed dressed for the outdoors i came rushing in <laughs> you look like uh, the wild yeah. man from the outdoors <laughs> but it's wonderful you're real you're very very real so yeah and i think that's great i think you're what you're doing is amazing actually i think so all the Thank things you so come much. Through, i think you have so much to offer so if you let me have all your contact details we can put your facebook page links into the podcast and everything yeah. so that people can contact you and you have a facebook page you have a facebook I do. Page yeah i'll just send you the link to my to, to my regular facebook page i did have a couple of groups but honestly i, I just didn't have time to i just find it and i also do this with my students i just introduce them to my face page it's just right. so much easier they get to right. know me rather than this face of a teacher you know they see all yes. my personal stuff i do yeah. put a lot of english language esl type um posts on there as well i make little posts i do yes. graphics yes. and branding yeah all kinds of things you know so yeah um and I've, yeah i've so, seen the photos yeah. with the kids i've seen the photos with yeah. the children in kenya with their crocs yeah. crocs on their feet or one one on each foot <laughs> different different colors i know yeah yeah, amazing. yeah so if anyone wants to get in touch with me so you know robert do peacock. and i'm not just looking for robert yeah peacock in the... rob rob peacock and, rob uh, and there's, peacock. A, there's a there's a picture of my 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 profile is a uh, is of a little reading like... group in kenya yeah. and then yeah. my and then you'll see feet and um, they were they were kids that, that, that had done some work during the day uh, we had this right. big sort of community project like, like like a sort of litter cleanup and all these kids just joined right 
right. um, and then we and then we laid on a big meal at, at the end. So that was like a food line. We all oh, gave right. them the paper. Okay. We gave, gave them the paper plate, and they had a huge pile of rice and meat. Right. Vegetables. Okay. Okay. Um, nice. Nice. Gosh, how yeah. exciting! How interesting! Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Robert, I can't thank you enough for giving us your time. I know you are very busy. I know you've got animals to see to, and it's very cold <laughs> and wet out there in Ireland right it is now. Indeed, yeah. so it's wrap up warm. Yeah. Wrap up warm, and I can't thank you enough. I thank you so much. Thank you so much for the time as well, Kathy. I really appreciate the uh, yeah having a chat. Thank you so much. Okay, so thank you so much, Robert. That was an amazing experience. I really, really pleased to have had you there. And what an interesting and varied life. Robert would like any help you can give, or if you know anybody who gives, whether in kind or in financial means, please go to his Facebook page or get in touch with him through a direct message. Details are in the podcast information. If you or you know anybody who has a story, who have transitioned out of the classroom into any other area of education, or maybe a completely different career altogether we'd love to hear from you so please contact us you can join our facebook page or go to kathy root trainer on facebook and message me thank you bye